have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum! Astral Radio Z is a horror, cult, exploitation film podcast by filmmakers, critics, musicians, journalists, and fans for the film obsessed. Here is your host, Derek Terry. Two thousand seventeen has been a long year for us, folks, and we are coming to the end of our Puppet Master journey with the last two Puppet Master movies for now. It looks like we will be doing another episode when the next two Puppet Master movies come out, either this year or next year. Puppet Master Axis Termination and Puppet Master The Littlest Reich. Oh, God, that makes me want to vomit just even saying that title. It's just a fucking terrible title. But those will be coming up soon. But tonight, we are going to be talking about Axis of Evil and Axis Rising. And with me tonight are Dan, Glenn, Scott, Seth, and Mark. So get ready, folks. We are ending the franchise episode in just a minute. Here we are, 2017. We've done a number of franchises now. We've come to the end of Puppet Master. Of all the franchises, do you think this is the worst one we've done so far? <sighs> you know, actually, I would probably say yes because of where it started and where it ends. 
it's, it it's is not, not like you know it was it was like you know Everest to begin with, but you know it was like the high dive at the local gym, and then it turned into I don't even know what you know the septic tank behind my uncle Bob's shed <laughs> kind of thing. So just oh man, if you like look at the witchcraft films, they they not only progressively get get just worse as far as script and acting and stuff like that but i mean everything you know the, the production quality even goes down and this one you actually have like an uptick in actual production quality as far as like sets and and money they obviously spent on it but they're worse movies it's like you spent more money for something worse how how do you do that i don't know you you'd have to ask people that make stuff like uh the transformers movies and stuff like that because they certainly know how to do that <laughs> But you, you, you couldn't be more right. Explosions. Oh my God! The the Puppet Master series for me, I I've never been the biggest fan of them, but I did like the first episode we did. The first three movies I think are super fun, and man, have the rest of these episodes been really fucking rough. Dan, what episode probably has been the worst for you? Oh God! Uh, the last one, actually, just the previous one. Hell, I've done lost count of the numbers. Whichever was it, seven, eight, nine. Those were, yeah, those were probably the worst. Now, the was it the retro one had its moments again. Like it just, I'm like Glenn. It just pisses me off. This movie it flirts. So it just every now and then just it's flirtations with something with an incredibly awesome concept. And I'll use this again. Uh, I, think is the proper term. I will use this several times, I'm sure. But that whole steampunk Nazi zombie thing that has Puppet Master has started skewing towards and leaning towards that. But even before that, just it's flirtatious use of witchcraft and demonic possession, and then slight Lovecraftian overtones and stuff. You would think that, I mean, obviously the orchard has lots of low-hanging fruit. They could come and, you know, make us a nice little apple pie out of this. But no, it's the previous episodes. That, that was the worst one for me. I'm with you, Derek. The first three were the best. And hindsight being 2020 as a kid, I couldn't remember if it was – five or six that I like the most, but now it doesn't matter. I, in my old age, I have to go back to the very first one as probably still my favorite. I still stand behind the third one being the best movie because it was just, if it stood on its own was the best movie, but yeah, now and in, in my later years, the, the first one's the best one. It's, it's funny. We, I think it was pretty unanimous that we all thought part three, I mean, not everybody, but most of us thought part three was probably the best. And they kept going back to that well and totally getting it wrong <laughs> over and over and over again. And I, I love that you brought up the fact that we did seven through nine last episode. Now there was some confusion within the group when we moved on to this episode, because I had labeled this episode originally, which I'll label it different so people don't get confused. I labeled it Puppet Master 10 and 11. Now, the reason I labeled it 10 and 11 is because I counted Puppet Master versus Demonic Toys as number nine. That is an unofficial sequel to the oh, series. Oh, I didn't. Oh, my bad. So it didn't. No, no. I labeled it as such. 
<laughs> so it's kind of my fault um, because they don't consider that canon. So they don't put it as a number. Like, like, like the continuity is so great anyway. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's why I called it number nine. I called Axis of Evil and Axis Rising 10 and 11, but they're actually nine and 10. It's some ticky tacky, you know, uh, Darth Vader's a little smaller than he was. <laughs> series kind of complaint here, but um, that is what is uh is the case here mark you were the one that was a little confused what i mean was that the reason why you were kind of questioning why i was labeling this 10 and 11 fuck you Don't piss Mark off too much. I got to spend 54 hours with him in a week and a half. Uh, are you doing trivia? Yes, yeah. we're, we're doing trivia. Oh, God, but, that was all a buildup to get to that joke. <laughs> it worked. It worked. <clears throat> okay. So anyways, but anyways, I mean, Mark, what is your, your thoughts on like non-canon and canon stuff? I mean, does it really matter? Do you Do you think that I think of this as 10 and 11? I mean, it's a puppet master movie, right? Uh, no, I, that's perfectly fine. I mean, it just was throwing me off because I was making sure I wanted I wanted to make sure I was watching the right ones and I didn't skip one. So, no, I, I perfectly consider when Vice Academy has better continuity than your fucking series, <laughs> you're doing it wrong. Okay. All right. So it doesn't really matter what the hell you name these things uh, or what number because they don't follow any type of rhyme or reason with their timeline. They, they act like they are. And if you picked up a one at random, you'd go, Oh, okay. But, but no, it, it but yeah, no, that's perfectly fine in calling them 10 or 11. I just want to make sure I didn't miss one. Uh, and now I wish I had, but <laughs> I, I liked, I liked your deflection of anger towards Scott with that. Um, <laughs> how you had to, you had to throw slams at Vice Academy. Scott, what do you think? I'm, I'm going to antagonize everyone to get them to a fever pitch to be able to talk about Axis of Evil and Axis Rising with the right state of mind. So do you have anything to say to Mark about his slams against Vice Academy? They're probably well-deserved, but... Um, <laughs> <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> no, he's right, though. He's right. The, the, the things have no continuity, so it doesn't matter. You know, is Demonic Toys in the continuity? No, but is Legacy in continuity? We we, we don't know. They even tried to put them in continuity last movie. It didn't make sense. And in the clip show that was Puppet Master the Legacy didn't make any sense. They... And then they throw us into the new movies, and right away, <laughs> it, from the Puppet Master standpoint, the continuity doesn't match. From a historical standpoint, the continuity doesn't match. <laughs> it's unbelievable. It's absolutely shocking, which brings us to the fact that, yet again, tonight we're going to talk about a pair of movies that completely reboot the series. <laughs> Yet again, Seth, are you ready to do this? Uh, no. 
<laughs> it's right as I'll ever be. These movies suck. Oh man, not to not to preempt our thoughts on this, folks, tonight. But before we st- we talk about 2010's Puppet Master Axes of Evil. These movies suck. <laughs> so prepare yourselves. We're going to go into it now. I just wanted to get everybody in the state of mind to be able to fully vent everything they got. Because this is the last night of Puppet Master this year with 2010's Puppet Master Axis of Evil. Now, the story of Puppet Master Axis of Evil is in a stateside hotel during the height of World War II, young Danny Coogan dreams of joining the war effort, but he has a bum fucking leg. Following the murder of a hotel guest named Andre Toulon by Nazi assassins, Danny finds the old man's crate of mysterious puppets and is suddenly thrust into a battle all of his own. He discovers that Nazis Max and Klaus, along with a beautiful quote-unquote Japanese saboteur Ozu, plan to attack a secret American manufacturing plant. After his family is attacked and his girlfriend Beth is kidnapped, it is up to Danny and the living deadly puppets to stop this Axis of evil. That's a very long-winded, I guess you could say correct, <laughs> description of this movie. My description of this movie is Puppet Master, axis of nothing fucking happens at fucking all in this goddamn movie. <laughs> Holy shit. This is the first part of a projected trilogy of movies that go back to the Nazi well yet again. Directed by Dave Dakota, 100% Dave Dakota. And this is the first Puppet Master film to be made by Full Moon Features in seven years. Because obviously, you know from the last episode, both quote-unquote Puppet Master movies. I'm going to keep saying that because, man, this series is full of some bullshit. Um, Puppet Master, The Legacy, and Puppet Master vs. Demonic Toys were made by other companies. Now, this movie, <laughs> let's let's start off by describing the first 15 minutes of Puppet Master Axis of Evil. The first 15 minutes of Puppet Master Axis of Evil is the first 15 minutes of Puppet Master 1 played entirely. Seth, do you think that's a lot of fucking padding and bullshit? Uh- it's absolutely padding and bullshit. It's absolutely the same. Nothing has changed about it except we add in a old polio leg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who, who, why don't you, why don't you tell my listeners about what, why we have to watch and endure the first 15 minutes of the original Puppet Master again? 
because this movie is 80 minutes long and they needed to get something more than an hour of bullshit out of it. Uh, because we have to inter- introduce uh, with Danny. Danny Coogan, Danny, who's the whitest of all white guy uh, names. Who's got a bum leg from polio and can't join the war two years before America does. To <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering what someone's going to bring that up. <laughs> you know, 1939, we're already over there shooting the, the slant-eyed Japs and the greasy krauts <laughs> that we get to hear about every five minutes in the most racist shit put to full moon. And uh, so they throw him into the Andre Toulon storyline, and uh, he brings home the the puppets because he was working at the Bodega Bay Inn as a chair repairman or something. Right. Because he cannot enter the service like he wants to, it's all he wants to do in his life is go shoot some greasy krauts. Danny Coogan, <laughs> the, the lead in this movie is the most ham-fisted, all shucks, put a boot in the in the old Nazis for America bullshit character you possibly could ever find. And it, it, it's kind of embodies the whole spirit of what Axis of Evil is, is something that's so ridiculously on the nose and obnoxious that I can barely stand it, Dan. The first 15 minutes of this movie, the integration of the original Puppet Master 1 opening where Andre Toulon is stalked by the Nazis. They find him and they kill him as he hides the puppets. And then this Danny Coogan character somehow is involved with him. What do you, How did you think this started? Did you, did you like that they were going back to the well or do you just feel this is a cheap fucking ploy to, to pad this movie? <sighs> um. Yes and yes, actually. Now, uh, hear me out because I am I am ignorant to filmmaking and stuff. So whenever I first watch it and I see that retread, it's like, wow. So this is the first Puppet Master, okay? And we have to go through the whole motion, the POV with Blade and everything. But then they start incorporating added scenes to it. You know, weaving in Xavier Cougat or whoever the fuck his name is. All I can think when y'all say his name, all I'm thinking of is a goofy movie. He's like, not bigger than Xavier Cougat, the Mambo King. <laughs> That's all I can think of. <laughs> Weaving in Xavier Cougat with his Parvo into the scenes that have already been done with the first Puppet Master, I actually thought was kind of clever. Now, <laughs> does it make it a good movie or was it necessary? Fuck no. <laughs> it was stupid if you look at it from that sense but that retread of it i mean i could have done without it but i'll be a little lenient and i'll allow it that being said other 70 minutes are just absolute shit but you know just the first few that you go through with it i was okay with it i mean no no big deal to me some of the dressing i mean i see how they tried to redo the room after uh is it William Hickey? Wasn't that his name? Yeah, yeah. Yep. He like blows his brains out <clears throat> from that infamous scene, you know, which is still I don't know why, but it's kind of cool. Like the way they did that was like, wow, that you know, even just you know, from the first puppet master and the scene and again, and that was just a really well done scene for the film. But <laughs> when they <laughs> filmed the room again for using my quotey fingers for the new footage. You could tell it wasn't the same room. <laughs> so, 
Yeah, that was kind of, uh, but I'll, I mean, I'll let it slide. You might want to let somebody else flame that part because I mean, or I'm concerned, I'll, I'll allow, I know what I'm in for. <laughs> God I don't know, man. It, it, I felt because of the last few movies we had watched that this was just, I was in for a clip show again. I, I will say this now, as far as the time, when I saw the date, you know, the timeline is like, okay, cool. But then again, it's one of those, look, if the filmmakers don't give a shit, why should I? <laughs> <laughs> I I don't think I, the thing is this is that as it had been discussed before, the actual quality of like the budget in the in the set dressing and the attention to detail with costuming and stuff like this, it actually went up with this film. Oh, yeah. The film looks good. It, it looks a lot better than what we saw in the last couple movies. Yeah. Yeah. But oh, go ahead. I was just saying it does. I mean, it was. I even mentioned this in our last episode. It just it, there's a a point in the full moon movies that you can kind of see. It, and again, I I sound stupid because I can't explain it, but you had mentioned static cameras and stuff. And this one didn't rely as much on the static camera, even though it's there, but there's, you know, a certain feel, almost like a soap opera, you know, how you watch a soap opera and it looks different. You can turn on a movie and then turn on a soap opera and you can tell it's a soap opera just because of the way the camera looks, the way it looks. Something about full moon's later movies have this same look. And this puppet master movie, it has, is very polished. It's not saying this you know, the film merits on its own or any good, but the film looks good. You so. have a point there. It does have a very soap opera-ish look because of the choices um, of the shots that are shown. These movies are not dynamically shot whatsoever. They're shot in a lot of medium two shots, and it's a lot of talking. Nothing really special is going on with the camera. Um, the lighting is mostly flat. There's just nothing that's very interesting about the way these movies look. And unfortunately, there's nothing very interesting about the plots of these fucking movies either. Mark, what did you think of Axis of Evil? You know, you would think with all the money that they made over these other movies, they would afford a little bit more lighting in the room if you're going to replicate it. It's the whole same hotel room as the first one. Give me a break. It was like they had one studio light on. They didn't even pay for a full lighting kit. They had like one light and one light on the bench and, and trying to replicate that room. But that was ridiculous. You mean they couldn't find the same hotel room for crying out loud. You've got the digital technology, put the freaking digital picture right up there. Oh, we got the lighting wrong. Yeah. The first 15 minutes just bugged me. I'm like, yeah, okay. We're trying to work it in and this is a reboot kind of, but we still want to tie it to the first one. Give me a break. They also decided to completely sweep number two under the rug again. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You know, and not only that, but where the fuck did the ninja come from? (laughs) This Do we really want to get into how racist this movie is? No, I'm not talking about racist. I'm talking about that 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 suitcase that he has the 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 you know the the 
chest that he keeps the puppets in keeps a whole lot of it's like the fucking TARDIS they got like puppets coming out of left and right and they kick it and suddenly oh look another puppet just like we had like you know oh look it's the Cyclops head oh here's pieces for this puppet it's like the chest isn't that big <laughs> you know they ne- you know nobody ever bothered to reanimate that uh russian looking puppet from the yeah. beginning of the first movie though they all just kind of looked at it at that puppet in all the movies and just said oh fuck him <laughs> just I, left it where he was i totally forgot about him until they started rehashing number one and i'm like oh i remember that dude what the fuck happened to him? <laughs> nobody knows that's that that's for puppet master 12 <laughs> puppet master 12 will be that Puppet Master 12, Red Scare. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. It'll be topical. 1938, the start of the Cold War. (laughs) (laughs) The Ninja Puppet. When Russia won the World War. (laughs) Single-handedly. Oh, my gosh. Continuity has never been the strong suit, nor historical accuracy within the films have ever been its strong yeah. suit. Anyone questions our, our slime in the continuity, because of the mix-up and the number you gave, I actually watched Axis Rising first <laughs> and then went and watched Axis of Evil, and I wasn't confused at all. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> we're not even gonna. We're not even gonna get yet to the, po- the fact that it's a continuation. <laughs> that these two movies actually are continuing storyline, with where they're supposed to take place one after another, but they completely recast everyone in the second. In the next <laughs> That's really funny that uh, you did that, Richard Ban is back doing the music, and I do have to say the music was actually pretty fucking good. Yeah. It yeah. was his score, Richard Bam. I mean, I gave him shit at the beginning because I don't know, maybe it's because I've always seen or happened to see these movies during, you know, repeats and stuff. But that original Puppet Master theme, after a little while, it just kind of starts to grate on my nerves. But having watched these sequentially now, I can I hear the different cues that they use. And, you know, sometimes they reuse the music and stuff. But the music on this one is actually really good. Like Richard Bam has he has learned things as <clears throat> he was good before but just as a musician i can hear him evolving and morphing in his talent and the music score is actually really good it's not some crappy chamber piece or anything like that. he's actually doing cues and stings he's operating it, it's almost like he's using more emotion with this and he's found more tools to express that emotion i i just had to mention that the music was really good i enjoyed it it is good music it absolutely is good music and my problem and i'll also just be really quick before we move on say that my problem with the beginning isn't that they reused the footage or interwove anything into the new footage it's that we also had to sit around at that 10 minutes of that footage is two guys talking in a storeroom. <laughs> that was my problem with the beginning of Axis of Evil. It's too bad. Oh, well, you know, we have that guy, Andre Toulon. You're right. You should go see him. And it's like 10 minutes before he goes see him. That was my problem with it. Well, the, oh, my God. <laughs> I think the problem of this movie isn't the production line, isn't the music. It's not the budget. It's the script and the acting of this movie are fucking atrocious. And the casting decisions 
are fucking atrocious. <laughs> um, we when we get past the opener, which is us trying to tie this into the first film and have it be this continuing storyline that explains what happened to the puppets immediately afterward, and we're back to the Nazis versus the Americans, and it's much more jangoistic this time around. All the Americans are gung-ho ready to sit and put a boot up the Kraut's ass. <laughs> and uh, I want to talk about the how racist <laughs> this movie is. <laughs> um, it's something that it, it jumps out at you very slowly. First, it's the characters calling Japanese people Japs over and over and over again, which used to not be a big deal. But we're more sophisticated now. <laughs> we don't say things like that. And then all of the Germans are krauts or greasy krauts. That is said over and over and over again. And the main bad guy in this movie isn't the Nazis. It's a geisha named Ozu, a, a Japanese geisha who runs a bunch of nazis trying to take over the puppets and she does not look japanese even remotely even though it's played i believe it's played by a chinese woman which is kind of funny because since they even make a comment that why is she yep. hanging out in chinatown well because americans are so ignorant they can't tell the difference between america Japanese and Chinese if it's actually if it is actually played by a Chinese woman I don't know if that's like a subtle joke or not but <laughs> it's it was, something <laughs> I don't know I thought I felt that this movie just as it went along and these things kept popping out I was just like holy fuck is this one racist motherfucker of a movie Seth what did you think of this stuff yeah, I mean, it just, it eventually more, you know, 20 minutes in the movie, it just slaps you in the face that this is just going to keep going. Like Scott said, they mentioned in the movie, you know, uh, well, these are Chinese people, not Japanese. Well, they all look the same. I mean, <laughs> Christ, man. I mean, I don't think it could be a subtle joke if it's a Chinese woman playing the geisha and they throw that line in. I think they just didn't give a fuck and they were, they were just trying to make, you know, as shitty dialogue as they could to fill it out. I think they had what they had and then they just went with it. Ozu yeah. originally was written to be an old man resembling Fu Manchu, but Dave Dakota insisted that the character be a dragon lady instead. Mm -hmm. oh. uh, you know, if you like, okay, this movie is absolutely racist and it's going to get it's going to reach a boiling point in the next movie when we have one of the uh, puppets, Ugh. which is a terrible caricature. Um, one of the most racist things I've oh, ever seen. You know, but, but before we get the to Mickey, that, the not, Mickey Rooney puppet. Not <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, the, uh, but, uh, it's, but it's a very racist movie. The movies, though, and I'm not going to defend the racism, but I will say that I think that what they were going for was they really wanted a throwback to like, imagine if you took like these puppets and stuff and not only set it in world war two, but set it as like one of those movies that was released during world war two. And I think, I think that that's what they were going for. And if you watch any of those movies, 
oh man, the slurs fly constantly. If you watch a cartoon from that era, oh, yeah. the yeah. slurs fly constantly. Uh, um, you know, watch the next. What's wrong with that? Oh yeah, watch the Bugs Bunny. Watch a Popeye. Watch a uh, one of the best uh, Superman things ever put to film was an old Max Fleischer cartoon called Jaffa Tours. Very well done. Holy shit, racist! <laughs> oh, yeah. Because, oh yeah, because everything was as uh, Derek mentioned, very jingoistic and stuff. I think that's what they were going for, and they didn't realize that. Okay, but you can do a little bit of it, and you can even capture a little bit of the sudden nationalism about, you know, being against all Germans, being against all Japanese, which we know historically turned out very, very badly when we started putting a lot of our Japanese neighbors in internment camps. You know, you can show a little bit of that, and a little bit goes a long way if you really want to show a throwback to that. When you have it over and over and over and over again, it really beats you down with it. So I think what they were going for was something like what they would like a low budget thing of what they were doing with something like, say, like Captain Amer- the first Captain America movie. But and maybe doing something like that was a throwback to something like you'd see like in an old serial of the time. But a lot of the stuff language that they used, even though. At the time, there was a lot of racism. There was a lot of jingoism in real life and on film. It's not necessarily something you want to relive. They could, they should have really, they could have done a little tiny bit just to reiterate it. But they really went full tilt boogie on it, and yeah. it got it got to be like this constant thing of like, yeah. how many times can you say you know kraut in one movie? And Nazis are not people to you know I don't give a shit you know punch a Nazi shoot a Nazi I don't care. But <laughs> when you're talking about all German people kraut like ah, you know, <laughs> a little bit goes yeah, a long they, way, they, guys. They, uh, <laughs> they, uh, they went full Django. Never, never go full Django. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think you really are bringing up a good point here, Scott. I think that is exactly yeah. what they're going for because the film itself feels like a caricature of what that era was. Yeah, more than anything, it very much does. Unfortunately, I, I also agree. I feel it's entirely misguided by doing that because this is 2010 the tides of the pc police have begun to change and i think they needed to have a little more subtlety they could have still had the spirit but not needed to beat us over the head with this racism mark what did you think yeah, it it was excessive, and if they wanted to do that, then first off, make the film black and white, <laughs> if you really want to go that angle. But second of all, they made it sound like every single person in America was talking like that. I could see if you had one character, you know, kind of like that, maybe his brother, you know, and he wants to go gung-ho, but... but yeah, there's there's other ways you could go about it to where you're not continuously just bringing it up because even back then the majority of the people didn't I mean every line in here felt like it came from a propaganda poster like that freaking discussion in 
uh, his bedroom where he was talking to his brother. I'm like, oh, my God. I'm like, this is a horrible conversation. Just just the way they were dropping the slurs and, and the way they went about it, it was so delivered horribly. And let's not let's not overlook the fact, too, that he has a limp and he calls himself a cripple. And they say he's a cripple and can't do anything. Well, that's something that that, that they would have said to him at the time. Well, yeah, I know, but he calls himself a cripple. The, the, what I'm saying yeah. is they're, they're not only picking on racism, they're picking on someone who out of disabilities go him with a limp is, is I wouldn't consider it completely crippled because he seemed to be getting around pretty good and, and functioning properly. And maybe, maybe it was them trying to capture the period, but still they hit you over the head with that as well. And I'm like, wait, where, you know, I can see that. And it was like a thing about when we talk about the tides changing, they, they've changed a lot and they've changed quickly. They used to paint with a really broad brush. You know, if you were mental, if you had a mental uh, deficiency, they didn't care if it was autism. They didn't care if it was a learning disability. They called you retarded, which was terrible. You know, and I think that that's what they were kind of going for back here. But like, as we've already said, uh, I don't know who used the word excessive, but it's like the perfect term for this movie. It's so excessive that it just and they they keep hitting the same points over and over again uh, about his disability, about the races, about the uh, perception of the Germans and the Japanese, that it's just it just keeps hitting you in this movie. So it really even if it was the only historically slightly accurate thing in the movie (laughs) it just hits you so hard and so repeatedly that it kind of it's it's it makes it a little hard to enjoy the movie at at point at points well i mean there's lots of things that makes it hard to enjoy this movie but that especially (laughs) hard to enjoy this movie i know i i think part of us is as as far as as far as things that i felt were racist the fact that they see Jap and crouch a lot. Um, well, I would never use those words today in a movie set, you know, well, you know, technically during the war. Um, <laughs> I, I think Jap was probably one of the nicer terms that was used. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As was, you know, I mean, that's, it's, I mean, kraut, yeah, I mean, heck, I mean, there, there's, I remember an interview with, with an old baseball player where during the war he was German descent and everyone on the team called him Krauthead. <laughs> So it it was not. I mean, it's not like it's it's the fact is this that era was also very very white American. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and I mean, I think yeah, as, as as we've said numerous times, it's they were going for the realism, but it's the it's I think it's partly is that our our mindset these days is not catered to that, so it it really sticks out to us a lot in that it's the it's. Yes, this is this is how they talked back then. I've watched plenty of war movies from back then, and they never called the Japanese anything other than Japanese or Jap. Those are the only. Well, no, that's not true. They used other words that I'm not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, but, yeah. but I mean, Jap was pretty darn common in in most of those movies from the like the 1940s during the war. But yeah, it's it's the fact that we live in an era where it's like that's just not right. It's you know, it's it's up there with like the term Orientals. It's like you don't know because no, 
Why? Just because no. <laughs> That's why. <laughs> because no. Well, we're not about uh, we're not about generalization anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and, but he, maybe it was just the acting and the way the lines were delivered. I think was, that's a hundred percent it, Mark. Yeah. That I think it, that's more of it. Yeah, you know, I think maybe not even so much the language; it's just how it's delivered. It's, I, I believe Derek used the word "hamfisted" before. Every but, it's like, oh my, you know, you're just sitting here going, the way you're reading these lines is painful. I well, it makes the, the it makes well, those words when you hear them repeatedly used, it they are so horribly delivered that it makes them sound worse in some way. <laughs> well, I, I, gotta, I, gotta, I gotta say, I'm not liking the term hand, ham-fisted. It's, it's nowadays it's better to say deliciously handed. <laughs> <laughs> it, it deliciously caramelized. Yes. That's, that, that's, hand. that's probably it. It's the way they're delivering it. They're actually, the way they, the, the actors are actually emphasizing the the racial slurs so the conversation doesn't even feel like a natural conversation because it's like they're actually putting emphasis on the racial words it's like i don't know if they did that so that they could get these words out because they weren't comfortable with the dialogue themselves or or what but i think that was part of it it was it it, i understand it was natural back then but the way it was delivered was not natural it also doesn't help that the entire movie has zero action in it so it's nothing but fucking dialogue so all we have to concentrate on is this atrocious acting an atrocious script writing in these words used so many times there is literally nothing else going on in this movie seth was that what you think the fatal flaw of this movie was was the script and the plot and the fact that nothing is fucking going on in this movie oh without a doubt i mean everything that happens in this movie happens in the next movie so it it doesn't even serve a purpose within the the series it had a decent look to it, like has been said before. I think the uh, the alleyway in Chinatown has a really cool late 30s, early 40s, you know, noir look, uh, foggy, cool lighting. But nothing happens. The puppets don't do a damn thing. Uh, it's it's frustrating that some details in it, like the, the alleyway with the great lighting and a good foggy, you know, kind of downtown look are really well done. And then the ninja puppet looks like a fucking stick dressed up in black cloth. It has <laughs> zero detail to it. You know, the, the rest of the puppets have all these intricate carvings. The ninja doesn't have shit. And that's all you start focusing on, how bad everything is, uh, the repetition of these words that I understand, you know, you're going for the accuracy of the time period and the feel that the movie wants to give off, but... It's just the, you know, the context, everything is said in over and over. It just beats you down. And this movie just beats you down. There's no fun to be had here. Absolutely. One of the funny things is, is if you go to imdb.com and they have that, do you know, section, um, which is kind of like historical facts of things that happened within the production of this movie, the ninja puppet, which is really the only new puppet in this movie. They had to tape the katana to the puppet 
in order for it to hold it. This pumpkin was so cheap. It had shuriken that it threw, the ninja stars, and it couldn't throw them. It literally, it, it, <laughs> it had to be a cut to illustrate that something was thrown. It is so fucking cheap. Let's talk about the puppets in this one. Dan, when it came to the puppet action in this movie, which is next to nothing, it's one of probably the worst puppet master movies when it comes to puppet action almost as bad as curse of the puppet master how do you feel about the way the puppets were handled in this one i was fixing to ask is puppet action where when the when the hell did that happen um yeah that was i don't i don't see if i can do glenn here um their animation Thank you. <laughs> they have traded somebody, and I mean, I'll understand this in light of the script that we have been bombarded with in the movie, but I guess somebody mixed the words animation and articulation somehow because we have no animation, but somebody or another, they put articulated limb on a couple of the puppets, I think, to where now it's like a goddamn popsicle stick puppet theater. When yeah, you, it's like you know the the old puppet master. They animated them some, especially you know the first was David Allen's. It's masterwork, you know. The later puppet master stuff. It's like they've traded these for the uh, yeah. It just, you take it, you stick the puppet to a popsicle stick, and then you do your little curtain puppet show with it. It's sad, like honestly, just that I really have no better word for it. Uh, I mean, I get it. I, and it's kind of cool how they still did it. And I mean, again, I can't do it. So I have to take it from that perspective. Like, oh, uh, you know, I get it. It doesn't make it cool. It just became everybody running around thinking if we can't do it, if we can do it. And nobody ever stopped to think if they should do it. And I mean, that's yeah, there, it, that and the fact that it, nothing happens. Let's just sit around and talk the whole movie. Why not? Fuck it. Again, if the filmmakers don't care, why should I? <laughs> it just really felt like a setup movie. And it it calls into question why. It kind of it reminds me, it harkens because I mean, oh yeah, I'll go there. It reminds me of a fucking Marvel movie. Like whenever they first started doing this stuff. Uh, and I mean, I still say it now. Where the fuck is Thanos? I'm tired of this. You know, they've teased Thanos what, like five movies now. And every one of them, it's like there was, they're just building it up, building it up, building it up. And I don't give a fuck about story. And I don't care that they're teasing it for this great big epic thing. I don't care. And it's the same with Puppet Master. It's like they give us this whole 80 minute movie, well, 70 minutes if you count the recycled footage that we've already seen before. So you have 70 minutes building it up for what? Because we still had to wait, what, two years for the next one anyway? And it didn't. It wasn't a good buildup. I mean, that's, if they're trying to get me excited for this X series, you know, and that's that's also why I kind of thought it was Puppet Master 10 is because it's X, you know, Roman numerals. It's, you know, X, like Jason X. That's part 10. Puppet Master X. This is part 10. You know, so they're relaunching, rebooting, and they forgot to – Put a movie in there somewhere, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I mean, man, it's, it's just... So the, 
<laughs> the climax of this movie, this whole movie is built up around this Ozu character, and she's this head manipulator of the Nazis, and she's trying to get the Tulan puppets to start this army and infiltrate. And, and uh, like, of course, we know that this is supposed to be taking place during the war, which it obviously isn't. Um, <laughs> it's a cool because topic. because we know history, but they build this character up. And they pull a fucking uh, what's his nuts from Nightmare on Elm Street four and kill him off right in the fucking kill her off right in the beginning of the next movie. So it makes it like, what was the point of this whole fucking movie to begin with? There is none. You're right. Now it was a, I was I was along for it. It was a cool concept, the geisha thing. I mean, I can deal with it. It's cool, Japanese under underworld kind of thing going on. It's kind of, I mean, I'm, you know, John Woo nut here. Of course, I'm going to love it because all I'm seeing whenever I saw Ozu, I'm sitting there thinking, you know, who would have been really cool is if they would have gotten Chow Yun Fat to do that. And that because it's like when I saw Pirates of the Caribbean and, you know, Chow Yun Fat was Sal Fang. That was so fucking cool. All right. He doesn't have a trench coat and he doesn't have two Berettas, but he shaved his head and he's this Asian overlord pirate lord dude and i was i was along for the ride i'm cool with that but you're right <laughs> they kill her off in the second one so then again it's like all this investment that i had that i was like okay well i'll, I'll see what you got and then they just pull the rug out from under me and it's gone so <laughs> yeah this this movie really when it comes down to it is nothing it's a placeholder it is absolutely a placeholder and i think there's not really a hell of a lot to talk about with it because unfortunately there's not much that goes on in this movie and, it, and it's just to set up these characters that we're going to follow for the next three movies. So I think we're going to give our final thoughts on this one and give a yay or nay, whether or not, I think you can pr- pretty much guess what, we, <laughs> how we feel about this, but Scott, go ahead. What are your final thoughts on this one? And would you recommend anybody watching this thing? Uh, I guess if you've been following the series, basically it, it, it tries to start this, what could be an interesting uh, series, but it's, and I hate to like punch a, a film kick a film when it's down because of a budget constraints but you know it starts out with all this talking and the puppets don't get reanimated for 30 minutes and then when you finally get them it's in this little tiny tiny setting and you're only going against like four people and the puppets when they fight it kind of you could almost overdub like kids uh, playing with their G.I. Joe action figures from those commercials it's from the 80s like oh, I'll get you ah! I mean basically that that's what the battle scenes with the puppets look like as little of them as there is you know it's it's just a it's kind of a letdown i mean i'm not gonna it's far from the worst of the series so far i mean i think that last episode we did holy crap (laughs) but (laughs) so this is far from the worst yet uh but it's towards the middle and it's not in the good middle it's just it's kind of leaning where i'm like Watch it if you really have to. Otherwise, nah, it's yeah. not that great. Yeah, I don't know <laughs> if it's even record. You don't eat for the series because this is supposed to be a new trilogy. I don't even think it's it's necessary to watch for that. 
So um, no, you can kind of get around it. As soon as they say like we heard heard what you did with the opera house in the next one, just say like, okay, now imagine what they did with the opera house. Do you got that? Okay, anything you just imagined is cooler than what they actually did yeah. in the opera house. Even if I, uh, just like uh, I, I just like that, I I kind of liked uh, the the villain, the Ozu villain in this movie. Um, as much of a caricature as it was, I kind of liked it. It reminded me of like the Terry and the pirate serial and stuff like that. Um, but, uh, aside from that, yeah, no, it's, it's, I'd reckon, I would say probably not if you have to go ahead, but it's, it's don't expect to have your world set on fire. So, eh. mm. Glenn, uh, I think I'd rather have my world set on fire than recommend this to other people. Um, it's just, it, it's it's such a massive disappointment because it has such, it has potential. It, you know, the, the whole the whole concept of, of the Puppet Master franchise is, it's a great idea, and they just fail to, you know, really realize that for a long, long time. And it's like they forget the name is called fucking Puppet Master, yet 90% of it is just people standing around talking. You know, they should just call this, you know, a boring day at work, because that's kind of what it feels like. It's a boring day at work where no one comes in the store, and all I got to talk to is the one guy who won't leave. (laughs) And it's just such a a waste of time completely that it's just like, yeah, everything looks pretty. Music sounds great. Awesome. It's like it's music music sounds great, yet I have to watch this concert next to my two racist uncles. Uh, <laughs> it's just it's not good. It is a very vacuous experience to watch this movie, Seth. Uh yeah, it's it's down damn near the bottom of the series for me. I'd put it Oh, I'd put it under Legacy because at least I can watch some fun puppet action in Legacy. Wow. Ow. Yeah, this this Sorry. movie is absolute <laughs> shit, in my opinion. I hate this movie. I, this is the third time I've seen the damn thing because I was blackout drunk the first two times. I wish I would have just stayed that way. <laughs> <laughs> so, Seth recommends you guys be blackout drunk when you watch this movie. I recommend you just be blackout drunk and don't watch it. <laughs> Enjoy blacking out because it's better than whatever you would see on the screen. <laughs> Amen, brother. Oh my gosh, Mark. Yeah, I, I can't. Yeah, it's no. It's just no. It, it was painful. It was a chore. I actually had in my notes a chore to watch because nothing. Take. Captain America, First Avenger, cut out all the action, uh, add in a little extra uh, racism, and just imagine Bucky and Cap sitting in his room for an hour and a half talking about what they're going to do. And it's still more interesting than this film, okay? (laughs) This movie's just... It's not good. It's it's trying, as I think Glenn mentioned. There's potential there. You, you see what they're they, they could do, 
but they don't. They they go so cheap way out on this that you're just like you're just like what is the point? And there really there is no point to this to this film even more so than the other films we've watched in this. There there's no direction whatsoever outside of setting up the next one which you could cut a bunch of shit from both of these and probably have one somewhat entertaining film. Yeah, I agree with you on that one. I really do. I really do. Dan, if you're a Puppetmaster fan, if you're a Full Moon fan, you've already watched it. I mean, that's the point. It's that didn't, if my memory serves me correct, I mean, this launched with their Full Moon streaming thing because that was the first time I saw it. The, I mean, one thing about it now, I will, I, Totally agree. Like Scott just, he nailed it completely. I never, other than, you know, the usual, like, of course, the flagrant use of the word kraut. But as far as like any overt racism, I never got that vibe like in the movie. I mean, sure, they called them Japs, but that's a quick way of saying Japanese because they are, in fact, from Japan. So, I mean, you call them Jap. I didn't really have a problem with that per se, other than the fact that they kept saying over and over and over again and not coming up with any other fucking creative way to explain who they are, their enemy or what they're doing. I think Mark even said it was like most of the dialogue felt like a damn propaganda poster. And it just, uh, it was, I just, like I said, if you wanted to watch it, if you're a fan, you've already seen it and been disappointed. <laughs> so this is basically just a broken record of letting you relive your disappointment at paying money to see this piece of shit. Uh, yeah, it's just terrible. Should you watch it? I mean, I guess. Seth said to get blackout drunk, so that might be the best way to go for it. I'd say <laughs> combine what Seth and Scott said, or I think it was Mark, just get blackout drunk. And imagine what happens, and I guarantee goddamn you it's going to be a lot cooler than what actually happens if you watch the movie. Yeah. Fuck this movie. <laughs> Don't watch it. It's hot trash. 100%. Hey, hey, now, hey, now. Hot trash at one time used to serve a purpose. Let's <laughs> not insult hot trash. You know what, though? I actually have in my notes, hot garbage, but garbage used to be useful. <laughs> it's, it's actually in my notes oh man i'm telling you we you can easily skip this movie no doubt so let's go ahead and move on to the last movie of our 2017 franchise episode puppet master access rising made in 2012 Nazis have invaded the U.S. We believe they have taken root in our very own Chinatown. America needs citizens like you to do their part for the war. You gotta be shitting me. <laughs> this is the army I told you about. This calls for trained professionals like myself. Well, we're all you got. 
This is no child's plaything. After foiling a plot to blow up an American arms plant, our good old boy Danny Coogan and his girlfriend Beth quickly find that their troubles have just begun. One of Toulon's mysterious puppets had been kidnapped by the Nazis and under the wicked, watchful eye of the occultist commandant Mobius, the puppet's life-giving serum, serum is synthesized to create a master race of unstoppable soldiers. Mobius plots to assassinate the highly decorated General Porter to deliver a crippling blow to the American war effort, but his experiments are not ready. A Nazi scientist used the serum to create his, their own superior race of Nazi puppets in the form of Blitzkrieg, Wehrmacht, which is actually their air force, which is. <laughs> so this, so this werewolf, this werewolf should have flown, and that would have yeah, been that awesome. Been so yeah, that'd be so much cooler than anything that. You, oh, you, know, yeah. you know what, Charles Ben? Listen to me. Listen to me right now, Charles Ben. And you can't, you can't skimp on it. You can't just like throw something off the screen and say it flew. Be tuned out. If you, if you throw in flying werewolves in a movie. We'll pretty much look over, overlook anything else, <laughs> but you have to deliver. <laughs> now watch, he's gonna he's 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 hammering out a script as we speak. Okay, twelve inch flying werewolves, gotcha. <laughs> Back to the synopsis. <laughs> Where mocked bombshell in the most racist pub puppet you'll ever see in any movie fucking ever mm. kamikaze Ooh. i was gonna say have you seen ooga booga, ooga booga. <laughs> <laughs> no 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 i think kamikaze oh, wins the cake oh, oh no you uh, haven't seen the kamikaze. evil bong you haven't seen the evil bong films in the last one he what have i said about evil bong on my show mark the movie man <laughs> Okay, then we're talking about racist puppets. I'm like, there's one in there that's almost nearly, you know, rivals kamikaze by a lot, and it's taller. And it's based off of an actual character in the film. Booga Booga was basically a a production that Charles Van did, and he did it around the same time of this movie. I haven't actually watched it yet. I don't know if anybody else Uh, on the crew has. I have. Uh, Okay, oh. and it, its entire purpose seems to have been, how can I incite people by making the most racist puppets possible? And it was done around the same time as this, so I when I saw that, I thought, well, something didn't make the cut of Ooga Booga, so they threw it in this movie. <laughs> there's a character, there's Kamikaze. I mean, I'll admit, I can see it. Fall back to what Scott said about in the previous film i honestly i mean now i can see the racist overtones in this puppet but i honestly feel it was done more as a caricature than it is to be blatantly offensive because believe me i did the music for when uh the evil bong versus ginger dead man 
when that movie came out, one of my first breaks in scoring music was I got to do some of the music for their merch commercials. And so the first song I did, oh God, I did the music for the gook. Yes. Oh shit! No way. <laughs> that that's awesome. that's awesome, and also I'm not sure how to feel about that. <laughs> yeah, kamikaze. It's bad, and I can understand how it would offend some people. And I'm not even going to get in that fucking subject at all. Just you know, feel what you feel. That's fine. But I will say, <laughs> kamikaze is like Saturday morning cartoon compared to some of the shit that they've done. <laughs> yes. Yes, it well, is. I guess that it, it doesn't help me that I refuse to watch any of that bullshit you guys are talking about <laughs> because fuck all that shit. I'll never watch it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Gross. Go well, on. for me, this was the most racist fucking I've <laughs> ever seen. <laughs> I mean, it is literally... The, think of the most outlandish Japanese caricature you can think of. Jerry Lewis. Yeah. The uh, Jerry Lewis. I was, was going to yeah. say, go watch Breakfast at Tiffany's. Yeah, Breakfast at Tiffany's. Mickey oh. Rooney, Breakfast at Tiffany's, where he's doing, how are you going to write with you? Yeah, that's the. I mean, we're not even talking about the fact that Kamikaze is the most useless puppet. <laughs> Until it decides to blow itself up, then it's no longer a puppet anymore. By by, its, by their own admission, it's a one-use puppet. Yeah. <laughs> so there's multiple fight scenes where he just runs around holding his button and does nothing. It's bad when Leech is a better puppet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. So anyways, back to the synopsis. <laughs> Leech woman gets the funniest part of this movie. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> so anyways, it's just a matter of the Nazis have a bunch of puppets. The Americans have a bunch of puppets and the worst m Marine caricature you ever seen in your whole life. And they fight each other at the end. Axis rising. That's the movie. <laughs> Charles Band directed this thing. It has the same production value that the last movie had. For some reason, they decided to completely recast everyone in this movie. So right off the bat, you start the movie and it's all new people. And you're like, wait, are these the same characters? What, what the fuck is going on? Only they recast them with even worse actors. The script is even more ham-fisted. They say greasy kraut so much that if you did a drinking game, you would have to get your stomach pumped. It is, for the first half of the movie, literally, it is so insufferable to sit and watch. If you had sat and watched the last movie and then immediately watched this movie, by the halfway point, you'd want to slit your own fucking throat. At least that's where I was at with this thing. Because um, they they bring in this whole kind of like Ilsa type character mm -hmm. into the fold. This German bombshell who has a push-up bra and uh, <laughs> tries to entice this old scientist who ha has a boner for her. And this only goes so far. And she gets shot in the head by this insane freaking Nazi uh, general, because there's only four Nazis in this entire movie. I mean, it's the Nazi army, but there's only four of them you ever see in this whole fucking movie. And uh, 
he makes her into a puppet that has tits that fire guns at people. The best part of this movie is the fact that they bring in a bunch of new puppets. The worst part of this movie is that the puppets don't do anything other than bounce up and down around the screen. (laughs) So you have all of these new puppets fighting each other toward the end. And they're animated and articulated so poorly that you're like, why the fuck am I even watching this? <laughs> what the fuck? This is the most amateur bullshit I've ever seen in my whole life. Mark, Axis Rising. Is this even remotely better than the last movie? It's got more action in it. That's not saying much because it only happens in the last like three minutes of the damn movie. Uh, the new puppets would be cool if they did more than than someone off screen holding them in front of the camera. Uh, <laughs> it, it's a little better uh, just because this one gets more outrageous and, and stuff actually happens. Not a lot, but a lot more than the first one. I mean, you've got, you know, Walmart bargain basement Ilsa ripoff in here who, who, you know, at least we've got some other characters who are actually like people trying to be characters in this film. Um, It is a little better. Uh, I I did like the new puppets. I just wish they would have did more. Yeah. Uh, You have a werewolf. You have this tank character. And then you have the bombshell. And then, of course, we talked about Kamikaze, which I don't think we need to go on anymore about that bullshit. But uh, the new puppets were actually pretty cool. But so what? (laughs) Glenn, what did you think of all these new puppets? As soon as as they introduced Bombshell, as soon as I saw her, I'm like, oh, I bet she's got boob guns. And, yep, boob guns, because... That's never, ever been done before, and it's always hilarious when it happens. Look at that. She's got poop guns, which apparently, where do they store ammunition in these puppets? Because they seem to have a fuck ton of it. Yeah. I mean, she, she like, like the whole last three minutes, she's just firing her tits nonstop. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, the same thing I always thought about six shooter. He's constantly shooting all the time. Where the fuck does all this ammunition come from? Yeah, I don't know. I don't understand. I mean, uh, this and the puppets aren't even the worst of it. I mean, it's the fact that look, looking through, I got right here the uh, the Nazi secret base handbook here, and rule number two is: Hey, if we have a secret base in America. Don't wear your Nazi uniform everywhere. <laughs> and number two, if you're guarding the outside of the secret Nazi base, don't stand around talking really loudly in German. <laughs> I noticed that too. <laughs> saying, saying stuff like, you know, uh, you know, Deutschland, Deutschland. I mean, come on. It's, it's like. <laughs> it's Did like you they, not- did you not watch the last one? Don't you know how racist people are? Someone's going to notice. Yeah. My gosh. Oh, I'm speechless again. This movie, it looks good. It feels okay from a cinematic standpoint. The puppets are okay. 
looking. They just bounce around like uh, Dan had said, they're popsicle stick puppets. But everything else sucks. <laughs> so fucking bad, Seth. Tell me about Axis Rising. What do you think of this thing? Well, you know, it started with uh, the Ilsa wannabe, and I'm thinking, well, at least we're getting a little eye candy here. But it took about three minutes of her being on screen to realize she didn't have an interesting quality about her, about her or the sex appeal that Diane Thorne or someone like Sybil Danning that could still play the character has in her little finger. So she's just this awful German-accented you know, blonde with a push-up bra that goes on for way too long creating these shit puppets that look like uh, when you're about five years old and you take two toys and just smash them together to make them fight. Uh, And I think at one point you can actually see, you know, one of them just kind of someone off screen throws one of the puppets onto another puppet to make him attack. It's uh, like, like everyone said, it looks good, but it's awful. It's, it feels like a really, long commercial for the new puppets yeah this literally is uh the transformers the cartoon of (laughs) puppet master movies i really think by this point the story can be thrown out the window because this is nothing but an attempt to sell merchandise this it this is insufferable to watch you the characters are like i said before the acting is abysmal the the worst of them all has to be the marine that's stuck kind of babysitting the two leads he is one of the worst caricatures of a jangoistic probably the worst character of a good old boy, I'm going to kill everything since Tackleberry. And uh, every time he was on screen, I wanted to throw something at my TV. It just, I hated that character so fucking much. Scott, what did you think about the acting in this movie? There is no acting. It's terrible. It's community theater at best. Uh, (laughs) The acting is awful. The only thing I will say about the acting is that, okay, um, I'm going to throw this out there. I didn't love this movie, but I kind of like it. Fuck oh, you. Yep. <laughs> I heard people like lean forward in their seats and shit. I know it's coming. <laughs> but I kind of like it. It starts out terribly, you know, just with more exposition stuff. I guess I give him credit for not showing us more stock footage. But where it wins is when they introduce the Ushi, the, uh, the Diane Thorne uh, Nazi Aryan seductress with the gigantic hooters. Oh, well, there we go. Yeah, exactly. I might be the Vice Academy talking to me. That cabinet was like, hello. And then they have the scene where her and Mobius are interacting. I'm like, okay, this is funny. And I think it's kind of part of it is supposed to be funny. It is supposed to be such an a broad uh, characterization. I mean, right now, the climate in America, we have to deal with freaking Nazis again. Why can't our Nazis be this funny? I mean, <laughs> it's, uh, but these two, I'm like, okay, it's. I'm starting to get this. Now, unfortunately, it still has a lot of the same problems. The budget constraints just about killed this movie. And the um, 
the how small the movie is just about kills this movie. Uh, all the padding kills this movie. But there are great moments like the mad scientist angle and the, the, the seductress angle and the new puppets are good and stuff. So that's gr- good and with a bigger budget, it could have been great. As far as the acting is concerned, the two leads are like, you know, stale bread. They are so... They're... They're they're white and played out, you know, just no good. Uh, the villains kind of entertaining. Uh, the uh, and the the marine character, the Sarge, I'll I'll just call him because I can't remember his full name. Had Brad Potts. All right, Sarge Sarge Potts. There, he was fun. I liked him. Quite oh, a bit. you gotta be kidding! He me. was fun. Well, I mean, he wasn't like a, he wasn't like a transcendent character character but when he was on screen giving his like so it was like you know mortars and sticky bombs <laughs> i was just giggling <laughs> you know because i felt like this also was trying to be a throwback but this was a little bit it there was less you know there was less you know weight holding it down so it was a little bit more broad and fun oh it was so, so disgustingly obvious that i just like i cringe i think it's supposed to be every time he was on the screen i think it's supposed to be obvious this guy was a total like sergeant rock character if you gave sergeant rock a babysitting per- detail this is what it would have been you know (laughs) so yeah i don't know acting the leads are terrible but whenever you had somebody who was actually supposed to be a character caricature and supposed to be kind of broad and stuff the film livened up a little bit oh man (laughs) i don't like having shows where i do nothing but trash movies and so far this year, this may be my least favorite episode of Astro Radio Z. I was not looking forward to it at all because oh, I have so nothing rude. good to say or even anything to say about this movie at all. It is a complete waste of time. The, just like the, the last one, this movie is just garbage. It's just fucking garbage. barely anything happens and when it does start to pick up you get excited and then when it gets to the climax where there's supposed to be a big puppet battle it's like a fart in the wind (laughs) it literally the the it's like oh there's gonna be an epic battle and then oh it's a bunch of popsicle puppets bouncing around the puppet action is (laughs) is terrible i will say that i mean like i said the budget just about kills it because they can't they don't have the david allen stop motion effects they're just these puppets banging into each other i will say that this un pos might have been intentional leads to the one of the funniest moments of the movie which is that leech woman and bombshell face off and it turns into like a cat fight complete with hair pulling <laughs> okay might be not the most progressive gag in the movie but it was funny <laughs> let's go around the horn and, and ask <laughs> who else thought that that was funny in any way seth <laughs> <laughs> mark <laughs> <laughs> glenn glenn if you think you're passing through my state, it's, it's not happening. It's not happening, Scott. I'm 
not allowing it now. You have you are you are barred. <laughs> oh, Dan, that shit ain't funny. <laughs> out of here, and yeah. You didn't think that was funny, which would like they they finally come up and like the the we've already seen these other puppets that just mash together so unconvincingly, <laughs> and it comes up to these two and uh, they just start slapping each other. <laughs> On three, guys. One, two, three. No. 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 No, I I checked out on this, but like, and that's just me. I mean, I know it's just my personality. And whenever I watch a movie, and now we start seeing one of those other things that Full Moon has started doing with their new movies, and that's just injecting this latent stupid like sexual characterization I don't even know how to explain it the minute I saw the bombshell whatever the fuck she's supposed to be called I knew that this movie was going to take a dive like as far as me and me enjoying it it's just because I don't like if I'm going to watch a movie like that I will rent a movie like that I don't want that bullshit in a movie that I'm hoping to enjoy, if I'm trying, if I'm correctly explaining myself, she has titty guns. Glenn was wrong. Wow, that is so unique. It's never been done before. That gimmick pissed me off, and from that moment on, I was totally done with this film. The new puppets were kind of cool, except <laughs> Kamikaze, which the whole point i wasn't even getting into the racism aspect of it i was just gonna be like okay he's kamikaze so that means he's a one-use puppet what the fuck good is he so i was yeah. not that blitzkrieg pretty cool Vermont badass i mean this you know i can deal with this we've got we've got new popsicle stick puppets that we can use to smash with the old popsicle stick puppets this okay so this is kind of cool but in all i checked out with the story with the nipple cannons i was done I'm just that shit pisses me off. I really can't explain it without sounding like an idiot, but it just it does something about that completely takes me out of an aesthetic of a film, mainly because Puppet Master did not start off as being this stupid wank comedy. Just, you know, this bullshit, stupid little gags that aren't even funny. They only bring about maybe a half chuckle from people like Scott and that's it. They don't that's racist. That sounded so racist, Dan. <laughs> it just sorry. Go that, ahead. That shit doesn't it I just don't enjoy it. And here's another thing. See in this movie, there's a scene. And <laughs> this is my note exactly because I didn't care who was named what. I didn't give a shit. <laughs> so my note as it says, here's how I wrote it. That scene where the dude is talking about the symbols, how they were made before man walked the earth and that they were created before history. That shit. See, once again, Puppet Master flirting with really badass ideas and concepts, and we get this bullshit with boob cannons. And just pissed me off. Out of all the things that I could have been pissed off with in this movie... That's the one thing that I have to fixate on. 
and a whatever. It pissed me off so bad. Oh my God. Not to mention you still got Xavier Kugat, the Parvo King. And I mean, at least they didn't hammer it too bad this time about cripple, cripple this, cripple, cripple. And I guess that's because Sergeant Rock was around to try to lighten up the mood, but it, oh God. Somebody else go. This is <laughs> fucking awful. I really have nothing more to say about this fucking thing. Not a single thing. It's, it's garbage. It's fucking garbage. So let's go ahead and let's end this and give our final thoughts. I think, Dan, would you recommend anyone watching this? <laughs> well, I mean, if you're a Full Moon fan, if you're a Puppet Master fan, you've probably already watched it. If you have been a full moon fan i mean i'm not going to tell you not to watch it it my whole rating system that i always do on my podcast or anything is is it a waste of time watching this movie i can't say it was a complete waste of time it was better than the previous one but just know after everything that you've heard so far in this podcast when you press play on that movie you're on your own you know what you were getting into that's about all i can say honestly um i mean for me i liked it better than the last one i don't feel completely cheated but there's a lot of shit that just pissed me off in the movie and there's a lot of things that i was just like god did why why did they do that why go here why not focus? let's go back and talk about the runes that were here before man walked the earth you know, things that make my imagination go, well, if they were here before Man Walked the Earth, who the fuck wrote them? Holy shit. We've got a whole nother, you know, and it's things like that that really spark my imagination. But since I've already given you that line, you don't need to watch the movie. <laughs> uh, Glenn, final thoughts. <laughs> fuck. <laughs> <laughs> that's, all, that's all i got man all right scott final thoughts uh well i mean it like i said it's not great it's hampered by a lot of stuff it's better than the last movie if you have watched uh, i'm easily won over by boob cannons and so if you are and so if you have watched all the other puppet master movies and what uh yeah i'd recommend it in that case and if you are easily won over by boob cannons i would recommend it in that case too i liked how silly this movie got and how this just went in it went from serial into saturday morning cartoon territory so i i would actually say yes but obviously it's not for everybody seth <laughs> uh, <but laughs> <laughs> There's some action. Uh, something happens in this one, so that puts it above <laughs> Axis of Evil. But something isn't always anything, and this movie really isn't worth anything. I wouldn't recommend anyone waste their time on Axis of Evil or Axis Rising. Mark. Let's <laughs> <laughs> go down. Cheer up. Okay, so <laughs> the thing is, you look deep, there, there's potential for it to come back and be a really fun series. The problem is, I felt they went 
It's not even budget constraint. It's they went the easy way, lazy way out with this just to produce something for, as I believe Derek put it, merchandising more than anything, which is sad because there is a lot of fun that could be had in here. Could be if it was if someone took a step back and took the last film we talked about and this one chopped up the bits mixed it together you you could actually have kind of a fun one single movie in here that would move along nicely had stuff happen you know have the boob cannons for those who like them uh you know and, and have a little bit of everything in it but they stretch they're stretching this out for no particular reason uh you don't care enough about anybody in this film to give a damn about what's going on let alone any kind of continuity that they may have tried to reset up in the in in you know axis of evil is is gone once again uh with this film uh, because i mean we open with suddenly pin uh, you know pinhead has his he's got like burnt clothes for some reason who cares you know you yeah it may be nitpicky but still it's like it's lazy it it was lazily done and and they came up with an idea and sure whatever let's just do this when they had a chance to make a fun old school full moon picture rather than a new full moon merchandise commercial piece of crap i i couldn't recommend it i couldn't recommend the last one i mean if you're a puppet master fan as said before you've seen this film uh, already if if you were curious i i'd say this one more than the first one but that's not saying a hell of a lot And Derek is dying. Just getting more intense. <laughs> feel it's like this the coming storm here. I'm, like, I'm getting, I'm, 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 I'm getting like scared. <laughs> Lighten it up. Let's talk about like the whole series or something on the whole or something. It's like Jesus Christ, man, come on. We got to do this properly, guys. <laughs> So yeah, that kind of cause is pretty racist, wasn't he? Say <laughs> <laughs> <Ain't> something. <laughs> this movie is hot fucking trash. Don't watch it. <laughs> Don't watch either of these. I'm sorry I had to do a podcast on these two movies. <laughs> They're fucking garbage. As I said, this was probably my least look forward to podcast I've ever done after watching these two movies. Because I didn't know what the fuck I was going to say about them. Other than these movies suck. They're garbage. And they suck. <laughs> I am that guy online where people are where people complain about, hey, what'd you think of this movie? It sucked. Why did it suck? It sucked. And that's all I got. I got <laughs> I, don't, I have no in-depth analysis other than it sucked. Don't watch these movies. Skip them. The fact that there's two more coming. Yeah. Um, now, one of those might have a decent budget because one of them is not done by Full Moon. Yeah. 
Charles Mann is just an executive producer or something I read, but yeah, it's like an outside company is actually going to do it. And it's the writer. Want to ever see a fucking puppet master movie ever again? It is. is, I'm trying to put any kind of silver lining I can. It might be terrible. Udo Kier is in a big deal. He was also in Iron Sky, that movie Blue. But um, you know, it is the same writer as Bone Tomahawk. That movie was good. I mean, I'll give it. I've said it before. Here we go. I get to use it again. That steampunk Nazi zombie thing. Plus the way that, as I keep bringing up, just these casual flirtations that they use with the occult and Lovecraftian elements. I mean, there it, there is something there. The proper person could get it. But as has been mentioned, this needs to be somebody who wants to do it. Not another day in the office. And I'm sure he might be a wonderful person or whatnot. But somebody, please keep David Dakota the fuck away <laughs> on anything that they're going to be doing. Give Charles Band something and show him a puppet with some titty cannons and keep him distracted over there. And let them go do their thing while let somebody who really wants to reboot the series, let them have it. Let them go with it and leave them alone. Let them make something of it because it could be done. It could be done very well. It's just obviously all we can take is our intelligent, you know, was it wisdom, intelligence guided by experience. All we can take is from what we've seen from the past 11 movies, because I will also count the demonic toys crossover in this, in the whole canon is that other than the first three, we have already seen that the people, the proprietors, the arbiters of this franchise don't give a shit. So, you know, even though they might, they obviously, it's not their passion. So I, I mean, I'll go with with an open mind, but let it be somebody that really wants to do it. (laughs) I'm going to reiterate I don't ever want to see another Puppet Master movie ever fucking again. (laughs) After this episode, in the last few episodes, fuck these movies. (laughs) I'm done. I'm done. I'm done, 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 done. So let's go ahead and take a short break. We come back. We're going to wrap up the franchise, and we're going to let everybody kind of get out their final thoughts on this experience we went through. And um, let's get it all out, folks. I need to breathe for a second. So we'll be right back.
We have done witchcraft. We have watched Vice Academy. And we've seen a lot of non-werewolf movies in the Howling series. This year, I don't know how I feel about the fact that we did Puppet Master. At first, I was very excited because I thought, oh, man, this is going to be really fun. Boy, was I wrong. Boy, was I wrong. Because holy shit, this turned out to be a shit show. Culminating in probably the worst episode I've ever done of Astro Radio Z. I'm probably way overdoing that, but who cares? This was miserable. Next year, please, can we do something that's fun? (laughs) Can we do a series that's good? Is there a series that's good? Well, there's always Children of the Corn. No, there's not. (laughs) I may commit suicide before then. (laughs) That's even more depressing than if you were going to say Amityville Horror. Mm. (laughs) Ah, man. So let's go down the row. And I, I would like you guys as final thoughts on what we did this year, because we always do this at the end of our franchise episodes is everyone kind of gives their overall thoughts on the series, their experience of going through this and watching all these things and what the, they thought was the best and what they thought was the worst movie of the series. So let's start off with Mr. Seth Pollen the unfortunate loser of the CWW Intercontinental Championship belt to uh, King Bong Smoothie at Cinema Wasteland. Seth, give your final thoughts and your your favorite and least favorite puppet master. Hey, man, my rematch is coming in six months, all right? <laughs> you, better, you better start bulking up for that. So uh, King Bong Smoothie has been put on the clock. Uh, as have these Puppet Master movies. It started out great. The first three movies are a ton of fun. Uh, cheesy, campy, yeah, but the animation's great. There's good music, decent acting, and production values. Those were the movies I was most familiar with. I knew I was going to have fun with those. Um, four and five I had not seen in years prior to this uh, episode or this journey through the series and uh four held up for me a lot of fun not as good as the first three in my opinion but still very watchable five is where i think the really steep decline in quality starts it was passable but boring and then comes curse and retro and legacy and the pain just starts coming in heavy doses and i just was hoping that my previous inebriated state of uh nine and ten or ten and eleven however we want to look at them had uh maybe just left a little bit of hope that these would be good and they weren't they just weren't and the pain is uh is going to be everlasting I don't know if I'll ever be able to look at the first three in the in a positive light. I mean, I will, but I'll always have the memory of having to watch nine and ten and demonic toys 
all within a two month period. Just it's been rough. Mark, the series did start out fun, and I'm sure many of us will say that, but as it moved along, it got to be a chore to watch some of these. Uh, I I did dig three quite a bit, as we've probably gathered here. The first three in general, I, I really enjoyed. And after a while, it, it seems to be a trend. I, I have to say, doing these franchise episodes has really brought to light something that seems to be a trend with these movies where the directors or the producers or whatever are trying to cash in on what cult following their films ended up picking up is they seem to drift away from what made them fun and what gave them the popularity that they did puppet master it happened to that witchcraft uh i dare say even the Vice Academies. Um, it, you know, they started Don't get too excited, Scott. <laughs> their, their film, they're all film series <laughs> have gone a hell of a lot longer than they needed to. And somewhere along the way, the people making them weren't paying attention of what made the first few in the series fun and made people want to watch them over again. You know, it, it got lost somewhere in the fact of we're going to cash in on the name. And that's what's happened with the Puppet Master series. Uh, you know, it, it was, uh, will I ever watch any of these again? Maybe the first three. I I don't care about the rest of them. I watched them once. It's great. There was nothing in the rest of those films that made me say, hey, yeah, I'd like to sit down and watch these again. Uh, and it's because it got lost. The, the, the energy, the spirit got lost. Happened with just about every franchise we've, we've covered. Eventually, you get werewolf movies with no werewolves. You get puppet master films with no puppets. You know, you, well, at least Vice Academy had boobs all the way through. So that one was consistent. But overall, yeah, it's... It, it's definitely an experience and it's definitely pointed out a trend that we see uh, occurring with these films and not only in these low budget series, but we've seen it in mainstream big budget series as well, where somewhere along the way they forgot what made these films good. Dan. Well, let's see where to begin to kind of carry over what Mark's. <laughs> we forgot what made these films good. Yet David Allen, it, I mean, of course, as we've been saying, the film started off. I mean, the first Puppet Master, that was, you know, I was a kid when it came out and I saw it as a kid and didn't really appreciate it as other than the fact that there were some cool ass puppets and it was, you know, cool animation and stuff. And then growing up with the series, it just, they lose interest. Just, you know, we said it ad nauseum and it just, it happens. Those first three movies are great. I even went back and watched the second one after we did that episode with the second one because everybody loved it so much. And I kind of felt like maybe I didn't give it enough appreciation. So I went back and watched it and sure damn enough, it's great. In hindsight, it's back to the first one. And it was the best one. And all throughout the series, for the most part, throughout the series again just the casual little offhanded remarks about 
maybe building a bigger universe with the, you know, using the spells and the sorcery, the Lovecraftian elements that they offhandedly mention and stuff, but it never quite does it. The first three are great. The third one, again, as I say, still stand behind that, is the best movie. It's just, you know, the best overall film. If you took that film, set it aside, and just said, here, here's a movie. It's called Two Lines Revenge. That movie ends up. That has the best story, just overall the best film. My favorite, mood-wise and everything, would still be the first one. And it just all goes back to that line where the Dixie Knot Carter, you know, she <laughs> wiggling the feathers around Toulon's puppet. You know, she just she doesn't scream or yell. She turns and sees and says, what are you doing here? Walks over, wiggles the feathers, spits out the smoke and says, we put the dead to rest here. And that scene has still stuck with me. As the movies progress in the series, I get to what used to be my favorites, you know, as a kid, you get um, five and six. I think those are the ones that feel like one movie, <laughs> those two, and they feel like a comic book. But having watched them now, like I guess the the youthful veneer was off of my eyes and they were just, it was bad. You have Johnny from Karate Kid, you know, his special needs second cousin being the main character in those. And it was just awful. And it just gets progressively worse and worse. That uh, I still like Retro Puppet Master. Even though nothing happened in that movie, I still kind of enjoyed it. There was some quality. I think the term in French is the je ne sais quoi. Is just, there was something in there that I liked. Sadly, nothing much happened. But nothing much has to happen, I guess, for me to enjoy it. I mean out of the subspecies series, like my favorite one of my absolute favorite vampire movies is vampire journals and nothing fucking happens in that movie. Just a whole lot of talking. But again, that retro puppet master was kind of like that, but then we just move on and it just, <laughs> the, the incline gets steeper and steeper until we get to stuff. They try to introduce new puppets, but I mean, Kind of like they say, sticking feathers up your butt doesn't make you a chicken. It's the same. You can put a popsicle, put a popsicle stick up a puppet's butt, and it doesn't make it a cool little puppet. There, it's still just at the end of the day becomes lollipop theater, and it's just bad. I mean, will I watch them again? Probably not. <laughs> I I love having been involved in the series and being able to share my thoughts with you guys. But I mean, if I watch them, it's going to be the first three. And that's it. I could still watch the first one. I could go and pop in the first one now and enjoy it. I could pop in the second or the third one and like them. But the rest of them, I just kind of have to look at my old dusty discount bargain bin collection DVD that I have that's got the first nine of them on there. And just kind of, well, they wouldn't even be really fond memories. I just have to... uh, it happened. <laughs> That's all I could say as well. It happened. I, let me say this. My best memories will be having been here doing a podcast, talking about how fucking awful those movies were. <laughs> well, I'm glad to have given you that fond memory, Dan. Thanks for coming on and doing this. I really appreciate it. <laughs> um, Mr. Glenn. Man. I thought my movie, I thought my music career was bad. I was in one of these films. Um, 
Yeah. Um, Corey. Um, we, we've used the word cannon multiple times, and I think it's fitting because we should load uh, four through the end into a cannon and fire them into the sun. <laughs> and then take the cannon and load that into another cannon and fire that cannon into the sun as well. Um, I, 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 lo- I love number one. It, it's, I, I remember seeing it when I was, you know, like, I don't even know how old I was when I saw it. Um, it was, you know, at the video store and I loved it. And, and two's all right. And I like three a lot. And then it's just this. It's not, it's not even downhill. It's like it's like I was tied up and thrown off a fucking cliff um, into a volcano <laughs> that was not full of lava, but instead full of molten shit. <laughs> Um, it's like the earth, you know, the earth spewing out its worst things at me. And that's what I got thrown into. And my God, just, it's, it's just such a, you have something that I enjoyed so much and it's, it's, I I don't, I I, I kind of feel like you now, Derek, I don't want to watch a puppet master of any sort ever again. I know I will. I'll go back and I'll watch the first one sometime in the future, but it's, there's, you couldn't pay me to go past it again. I mean, you could. I mean, I, I'm broke as fuck, so yeah. But um, but I wouldn't enjoy it. Not at all. You could you could not pay me to enjoy these films. Um, but just such, it, it, it's, and in, in, uh, Daniel talked about it and other people mentioned is this that it's, the biggest disappointment is that you, it's something that had such potential and 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 it hints at it, and it teases you with the fact of, see, you're probably thinking of something really cool right now we could do in the next scene, right? Yeah, we're not going to do that. <laughs> we, we are so not going to fucking do that. Um, and, yeah, and on top of the fact that I just, even 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 when they get something right, like with, with the last ones where they got, you know, the set was the set was pretty good, and the effects weren't terrible, the actual effects, not the puppet work. And the music was really good, but then they said, yeah, let's get people who can't even spell the word "act" <laughs> to, to play to play all the lead roles. So, just it's it's so disappointing because it's 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 so many missed opportunities. Last but not least, I always leave him to last because I always love hearing Scott wrap this up all the way from the the, the witchcraft series through this one, Scott. Give your final thoughts, sir. Well, I mean, because in the other series, I was like prepared. Here, I'm like, okay, just give you guys a little thing. I'm in the, I'm doing this podcast while in the middle of a, a move. I will be on the road within a week to uproot my whole life. So, y'all used to get, you know, detailed notes and, you know, nuance and reflection and y'all ain't getting that shit this time (laughs) because I just didn't have time to do it but you know I'll say this Oh, God, sack up, guys. It's not the end of the fucking world Um, Half of these movies, at least half, are terrible Um, But it's kind of important to note that Puppet Master was the first full moon movie and hence and now we got Axis Rising is 2012 is the is the most recent and uh, they're still working on another one and all that stuff so we still got more to go. So 
to look at the history of the Puppet Master series is to look at the history of Full Moon. And boy, I wish it was a happier story. (laughs) I really do. I mean, I say that with some humor and some pain. It's kind of like 50-50, you know, Uh, because I've been a fan since the original age. I mean, I remember when Full Moon came out. Parents would ask me, hey, what do you want for your birthday? I'm like, I want membership to the Full Moon Fan Club. Like, yeah, you're not getting that. <laughs> so, <laughs> it was, it was kind of like that like thing, like, oh, we hope he grows out of it. But I did sort of, but never quite fully. And in the beginning, they had this great stuff going. Like the first movie, hey, that's kind of impressive. Second movie, hey! What was that? That was kind of impressive. Third movie undoubtedly is the best. Part three is the best. And it also represents the height of full moon. It's when they were getting the most money from Paramount. They were still being distributed by the big guys. Like it looked like sky was the limit. This is when they had the banner at their offices, you know, 200 films by the year 2000 which they almost kind of made, but maybe they shouldn't have (laughs) because they lost that Paramount funding. And then you saw a number of years where they were just flailing. You know, they thought the series was wrapped up because they're not going to get to do the Puppet Wars series. Okay, we're really desperate. So after a few years, fine. Curse. Oh, shit, that didn't work out. Okay, maybe we can reboot it. Maybe we can reboot it. Retro. Oh, crap, people didn't like that. Uh, You know what? Oh, my God, we're spinning, we're spinning, we're spinning. We need to do something. Uh, I can't remember which one came first, so I'm just going to say Legacy came first. And it was a clip show, and it was almost seen as like a wrap-up. Okay, this is our last one, but it's a clip show, and it was packaged as something like kind of endearing, but it wasn't. It was obviously a cash-in. And then they weren't even involved for Demonic Toys. They had to loan it out, and it looked like maybe he's going to lose the rights to it, like he did Ghoulies and Reanimator. And then... Finally, they have a foothold again. They have full moon streaming, which they still have to this day. And I, I still subscribe to it. I own, I have that. It's on my Roku. Mm-hmm. You know, we got full moon streaming. We got this. We've got new productions. They aren't market mounting near the nearly the number of productions they used to. Those productions are often crowdfunded these days. And when they happen, it's so obvious that they're working with just kind of the threads of something. Now, I don't want to be the guy who says maybe they should quit because every time I say something like that, I'm reminded of Will Keenan and Terror Firmer. You know, if you can't do a movie, don't do it. And of course, he's the asshole in that movie, isn't he? Yes, he is. Because that's not what independent filmmaking is about. You know, it's not even what exploitation filmmaking is about. You want to make the great best movie possible. And I think they're trying and they're just not quite making it. So it's really sad. I would say part three is the pinnacle of it. Legacy is the worst. It shows that full moon in the creative basement of doing a clip show. Um, 
though I'll be honest with you, there's been times recently where I was worried that they were going getting back into that basement. They were basically retitling movies that they had already done and trying to re- release them as new movies. It's not cool, guys. You got to know when exploitation stops being insulting uh, like like starts being insulting to your audience. The Puppet Master movies went there once. I hope they won't go there again. That's my take on these movies. Part three is the best. Legacy is the worst. To see these movies is to see the history of Full Moon, which has some amazing highs, but quite a lot of lows lately. And I really hope, I really hope they can knock it out of the park one day again. I know Charles Band wants to, and I hope he can. Young Derek wants to have your optimism because young Derek loved full moon movies. Young Derek grew up on these movies. Old Derek is over them. This, this uh, series of episodes, I started off great. I'm not going to reiterate what everyone else has said. Cause I think we all unanimously agree. The first three movies are great. Everything else other than that, has gotten me to the point where, you know what? I'm done. I This just isn't my thing anymore. I, I'm not interested in this. I don't find any enjoyment in any of these movies. It's just kind of wallpaper to me. There's really nothing here because for since part three, we've gotten variations on a theme over and over and over again. And they get progressively worse to the point where the whole draw of these movies are puppets. Puppets are barely in them. And when they are in them, they are basically stiff puppets that just bop around the screen. I have no interest in that. Why, why would I want to watch that? It's garbage. I'm not interested. I don't care how good either of these two movies coming up will be. I know Termination's going to be a pile of shit. <laughs> the last two were fucking piles of shit. What makes you think this one's going to be any fucking better? <laughs> I, I can't imagine movies are be good. I, I'm not even that Littlest Reich movie. I couldn't get less than a pinch of shit about that movie. <laughs> it's, it, it's seriously, I'm done. <laughs> I will never even watch the first three ever again. I think I'm just over it. And I, I'm glad Scott brought up that this really is a dissection of Full Moon all the way through. These movies showcase the highs and the lows of Charles Band and Full Moon Entertainment. And it is not a pretty story. So for now, until we have to unfortunately do <laughs> one more episode when these other two come out, God, I don't want to fucking do it, but we gotta, because we're completionists and uh, masochists. This is it for 2017. The Puppet Master series is done. Let's end on a high note, and let's go to the end of the show here, the portion of the show where we shamelessly show the fuck out of you, and uh, let's do it with a smile, gents. Not all is bad in the world. I bet you some of my uh, kind of downer mood and, and feeling it could be because I'm 
thoroughly exhausted from having an amazing time this last weekend with Mr. Seth Paulin at uh, Cinema Wasteland in Strongsville, Ohio. Amazing time. I'm exhausted. I've been drinking all weekend. My body is thoroughly depleted. And I had to talk about fucking these two horrible pieces of shit movies. So I'm ready to go to bed (laughs) and move on uh, from this garbage. So let's go ahead with a smile. Let's tell the people where they can find us on the interwebs. Mr. Daniel Edenfield. Okay. Um, I'm smiling now. Uh, <laughs> fuck, I don't know. You can go to throneofanguish.com. Then from there, you'll find anything that I do. I mean, I do the night keep cinematic horror music and stuff, but I don't have a dot com for that anymore right now. So throneofanguish.com or just go to Bandcamp and look up the night keep or go to Astro Radio Z. You'll, you'll find links to me somewhere around the interwebs. Glenn, you can find, oh, sorry. Hey, kiddies, you can find me. <laughs> you can find me on YouTube with the B-Movie Bunker. Uh, you can find me on Facebook with the same thing, as well as on GNCast.com for my gaming podcast, The Adventure Party, or just follow me on the Twitter box at Guy in a Bunker. Scott Davis. Uh, you can catch me at moviocrity.com. There hasn't been a lot, ton of updates uh, in the last month, and there might not be for the next month or so. I'm not sure because I'm in the middle of this move. I'm moving my base of operations from Florida to Minnesota, whether that works or not. Who the hell knows? It's causing me a lot of anxiety and fear and crying and all that wonderful stuff. But moviocrity.com, still there. And you can also catch my web series at vimeo.com slash channels slash moviocrity Seth I just want to say thanks for having me on uh, another year uh, to share in the pain and the joys of these movies Uh, this one probably a little rougher because it came off such a high of Cinema Wasteland so uh, thank you for having such a good time with me Uh, felt like a long time in the making Yes, it, it was a long time in the making. Maybe we'll, I think you and I need to do a kind of like an unloading session. Maybe that'll be a bonus episode we'll do where we we let out all our feelings about what went down at Cinema Wasteland, which was, let's just say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just uh, you let me know. We'll figure that one out for everybody. All right. But, uh, Sounds great. You can find me at uh, CelluloidTerror.com on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and YouTube for all sorts of horror exploitation and cult film reviews. Last but not least, Mark the Movie Man. First, I want to just say thanks, Derek, once again, for uh, taking us on this journey. I had a lot of uh, pain and fun, and it was great sharing it with all these fantastic individuals as well in the room and those who have been on past episodes. Uh, I appreciate all you guys and your insight and you help give me perspective on these films, uh, good or bad and how to approach new stuff. So I just want to say thank you to everyone in the group for that. Um, I really appreciate it. And you're all, they always say that people who, uh, there's been studies that show that people who watch uh, bad films are highly intelligent. And so I have a very large group of very intelligent folks in this room with me tonight. So with that, uh, you can find me at specialmarkproductions.com for all my uh, major stuff. There I can have the uh, Spoiler Room archive with all my Spoiler Room episodes, which is also on iTunes. You can check out uh, my YouTube channel, uh, Special Mark 
uh, Prod. Uh, that's on YouTube. That's the link on Special Mark Productions as well, where I do all my movie reviews and little short video clips. You can find me on Galactic Netcasts, uh, Galactic Radio, where I do a Movie Man's Movie Minute. And occasionally, uh, I am blessed to be on this show with our great uh, Grand Pooba, Derek Carey. So, well, thanks everybody for doing this yet again next year. I think we're going to try and put out there in the Facebook group a group of movies for you guys to vote on for us to watch that are better than, <laughs> than the last few that we've done. So, look for that. It won't happen until later this year. But I'm glad, as always, to sit and do these franchise episodes. I mean, even though I complain a lot about them, I I do. I I can't believe how much I complain about them. I always have a good time. So thank you guys yet again. And next week, folks, you'll be joining Mark and I, and we're going to be talking about Violent Shit 4 and Violent Shit the movie. So until then, take care. You can find Astro Radio Z on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play, YouTube, and anywhere podcasts are found. Please, help us by subscribing, rating the show, and giving us a review. It helps us get the show out to more listeners. Also, If you would like to hear more of the show and be a more active participant, join the Astro Radio Z Facebook group and page, and join the Patreon. For only one dollar a month, you get bonus episodes. Thank you for listening, see you next week Astro Zombies.